Hello. I have got Football Index LM today on the podcast. He's been on Football Index for ages now. Um, I'm going to call him Liam for the purpose of this podcast. I've known him for a while on Twitter, and he was actually meant to be one of my first guests, but we'll, we'll get into that a bit later. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Uh, <laughs> but he, yeah, he's been on Football Index for a while. He's written a few articles for Football Index. If you haven't already read those, check those out. They're very good, very informative. He's got some very nice graphs and some very good data. But Liam, how are you doing, mate? Uh, introduce yourself to the listeners. Yeah, hi mate. Yeah, I'm good, thanks. It's uh, nice to be on, like you say, finally, to uh, <laughs> to get around to doing it together. I know we were talking about doing it right back at the start when you first started the podcast and stuff. I mean, in a way, I feel like I've cheated a little bit because now you've built up the audience and everything and I'll <laughs> hop back in and just like steal all your your listeners. But yeah, I'm I'm good. It's uh, It's good to get together, really, I think, and have these kind of conversations, you know? I mean, the amount of chat that we do, I think, most of us don't seem to have jobs in the uh, the group chat that we've got. But it's <laughs> nice to get it out of uh, and just put the conversation out there for other people to listen to as well. So yeah, I'm excited to get this this going. Yeah, like I'm, uh, as I said, I've been trying to get you on for ages, and for one reason or another, one of us has been busy. You started uni this year. You were bloody watching PSG the other weekend, so uh, <laughs> uh, we've both been both been busy. I started a new job, etc. But yeah, like as you said, you know, we chat a lot on Twitter. Everyone chats a lot on Twitter using, you know, the hashtag football index or just, you know, lemonade stands, etc. Why not just bring it to a podcast? Maybe not the lemonade part, but you know, like that that <laughs> yeah. was my thinking behind it. But um how have how have you found twenty seventeen on football index? I think it's been great. I mean, obviously I've been on it now since we're back pretty much when it started, around about January. Was it twenty sixteen now? I think no, it's, well, it's yeah. just gone two yeah. years, hasn't it? Yeah. So, yeah, I think it's been my best year looking at profits and stuff. I finally, the beginning of 2017 really was when I decided to put a bit more money in, you know, I was kind of a bit more confident in the whole thing. And since then, really, the amount of money that I'd made up until that point is now becoming like a monthly amount of money. So it's, uh, it's, I think a lot of us are seeing that as well. So, yeah, it's been great, really. It's been a great year, I think looking at like just the way that it's grown, you know, like for stats and stuff, we've got the average price and all that kind of stuff. Like you look at the beginning of this year, it was like 60 pence. And then before IPOs, it was, I think it was pound forty or something like that. So like just the way the whole thing's grown, really, you could have had money pretty much anywhere and you're, uh, you've done very well. Yeah, the market has grown a substantial amount. Like if, you've, if you'd put like, I don't know, 5K right at the beginning when it first started, I don't know what you'd be returning now. Obviously, you wouldn't have maximized your profits, but it's still crazy returns anyway. Much better than you would get anywhere else. But you have done lots of, lots of kind of data-driven articles. You've written a lot of stuff for Football Index. What motivated you to create those quite nice looking graphs and tables? Is it something to do with, you know, what you studied at school or what you're studying now at university? Is could the, Do those two go hand in hand or is it just kind of like a personal hobby? Um, I think it's a bit of both. I think I'm quite interested in, uh, I like to see the figures with everything, you know, but especially with something like this where you're putting your own money onto it and you've got a lot kind of riding on it. I like to make sure that, you know, that I'm, I'm, thinking correctly kind of thing you know back it up with some kind of data some kind of 
history or something because you know most i know it's not like a normal stock market really but most markets and stuff quite cyclical and stuff like that yeah it's nice sure. to kind of back it up and then i mean once i started doing it for myself i thought i'm putting this effort in i might as well kind of share it with other people yeah, so, yeah. you know they, they might as well see it saves them having to do it all as well i mean i think i'm guessing you're the same really because you do a lot of uh that kind of stuff helping out everybody else etc i mean the best thing i think is just because in helping other people you're also helping yourself and i don't mm. even just mean by like lemonade stands and you know <laughs> telling everyone to buy your players but the fact that if they make money they're probably going to put more money into it they're you know it's going to build up the whole network of, of the football index and i think that's where it's it's come on so strong really with you know, the community and stuff that we've got like i just think it works yeah. So for me, it was quite easy to just say, yeah, let's just put it out there. Let's see what everyone else thinks. Like yeah, to I totally it... agree. Totally agree with what you said. I think um, I, I always like to say sometimes the best way to learn is to teach. And I think I've found that I've made far more money since I started this um, this account than yeah. when I uh, when I was just trading on my own. And I, I know we were, you know, we still had a good rapport. I was still um, chatting to a lot of the guys that I've had on the podcast before, etc. And a lot of people on Twitter. But yeah, like I think when you start thinking in the mentality of a of a smaller trader, if you're a larger trader, or vice versa, if you're a smaller trader, thinking what the the guys with the bigger bucks are going to do, that's when you start understanding how the market works a bit better. And I think um, recently there's there's been a bit of doom and gloom. And I actually tweeted last night that this was the first time, and someone messaged me like, "Oh, like what do you think of the the long term prospects of football index?" Like why is why is it going down why is money leaving the market etc etc all this like doom and gloom stuff that you see all the time like in any market yeah. as well people are always liking to predict the crashes or liking to to say that it's not in a good place but for the first time i was just like, i just don't see anything wrong i saw people on twitter saying they had like 500 Lewandowski's that they were holding for ages and finally he'd he'd given them 12p dividends returns yeah. and i was like like you just couldn't have imagined that like um even six months ago so i just kind of responded saying i i think it's in a good place and i think if if anything people are probably taking money out for like christmas and new years definitely yeah i mean yeah that's what i think we saw that last year as well actually just before christmas there was a little dip so I mean, yeah, it happens in all anything. markets it happens exactly, in like, yeah it happens everywhere yeah for sure i mean like you said i, I i'm the same actually i mean i think it's in uh a very good place now there's so much more opportunities you know you don't have to follow the same kind of pattern there's a lot more people you can buy now you don't have to stick to trying to win media buzz uh, you know there's so much more really out there so you so many more possibilities like to diversify i think it's uh it's it's a lot better in my opinion the way they've come out of it really i mean i think i don't know what you think but i think it's a bit harder to to win the performance buzz now, obviously, you know, because they've added all these players in, but I still think with the amount that these players are growing when they're winning performance buzz, it's definitely like easy to cancel out that loss, if that makes sense. For sure. I mean, the, the buzz winners yesterday were Lukaku, David Silva, Serge Aurier, Lewandowski and David Silva. Like these are all big players, well-known players to everyone on the index. And um, I mean, it can sometimes be a lottery. You're going to have, like by the laws of probability, you're going to have the odd day where 
a random striker scores a hat trick and then a random midfielder scores a couple goals, a random defender scores a, a game winning goal in a one nil and gets a clean yeah. sheet. But over the long term, like stats don't lie, do they? Like by the laws of probability, if you do do your research and find those players that are likely to hit those top scores, eventually they are going to, you know, pay you back. I mean, a lot of people were talking about David Silva on Twitter. I didn't own him and I didn't think that he was worth it just because I wasn't sure whether or not he was going to score enough goals. But, you know, he scored two goals yesterday and he flew and he won, what, what is it, like 17p, 17p or 18p dividends? Crazy. Yeah, exactly. Like you say, I mean, there's definitely... And it's a thing of like, I think it's not quantity anymore. You don't need to win a lot of, you know, you don't need to pick exactly. up loads of um, wins to get a good payout like that. Like you say, what was it yesterday? If it 18p. was 16, 18p, that's like this time last year, you'd need like a three day media buzz win to, you know, to even come close to that. So like to be able to be handed that on a one pound, what is he, one pound 62, I think looking at the market yeah. now. Yeah. Like to be handed that, I'm not going to work out a percentage, but it's you know it's over ten percent. But like it's crazy return, yeah, just plus how much he's gone up, you know, in in yeah. in price. Like so, there's a lot of those kind of gem sort of players out there now. I think that are really, uh, really not that hard to find as well. I mean, David Silva, like you say, I was the same. I didn't own him, but you think about it in hindsight, and you say, well, yeah, I mean, he's always going to score eventually, and if he's going to go up like that, then probably other players you could look at in the same kind of light so there's definitely a lot more chance i think and opportunity to to pick up profit in more than just one way than you know media than there was say last year definitely i mean just looking at his chart now he started at 140 yesterday i think when he started rising peaked at 174 a few people sold and he's gone back to 162 you know naturally as it happens when there's that yeah. like big vertical spike and but the thing now is that if you held before that 140 and it's gone up to 174, the actual dividend payout is greater than what he's decreased by, if that makes sense. He's gone from yeah, 174 exactly, yeah. down to 162, that's 12p. But you've actually won 18p if you held beforehand. So in that light, like it, it's almost worth selling after if you want to sell, like after the dividends payout, because back when it was only media buzz, my tactic was much like right, I'm going to hold. If there's a big spike, I'm going to sell and take my profits. I don't care about yeah. the buzz. But now that's kind of... A lot of people have had to reevaluate that and think, is it going to... Is that player going to drop by that much after the midnight payout? Yeah, definitely. I was the same, actually. When it, you know, when it was five pence, somebody could drop 500 and, and, you know, that five pence is gone before you've even seen midnight. But <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now it's, uh, it's, it's a lot more difficult, isn't it, like you say, to... Uh, to have that happen really which is obviously good for us i mean you look at the instant sell and the commission and everything as well you know add that on you are sometimes better you know holding like you say past midnight or maybe putting up to to sell the day after and just put them in the queue rather than having to rush out the door before it drops because you know you're gonna make that you're gonna make what you would have lost in that drop with the dividend so there's definitely um a lot like you said a lot more things to think about really i mean one thing for me i don't know what your opinions been on it, but IPOs. I mean, in general, how do you think they've they've gone? They've affected the market and stuff. I think they've been. I think they've been quite good in general. I think there was. Uh, I don't know. There was a time where I was kind of looking at, it and I was like, I literally don't know who's who anymore. 
Um, there's been so many players, you know, IPO'd, but now that they've slowed it down to 10, which I've, you know, said so many times that I think that is the right way to go. I think it's affected the market how we expected to. Like we knew that, for example, like at one point there's going to be John Stones and Otamendi. One of those is always going to be more expensive than another, right? Like they're not going to be identical prices. They're not going to win identical amount of performance buzz or media buzz, yeah. etc. Like at one point the market is going to correct itself and one of those players is going to be higher than the other. There's loads of players that could have won or could be winning like in place of another player like Sterling and Sane. They've probably got yeah. like quite similar base stats. If either of them score, then... You know, it's it's kind of similar. Like the market still hasn't adjusted fully to those IPOs, and it's not going to adjust for a while. That's why a lot of people who have actually come to me and said, you know, I think the market's going in a bad way unless we get tiered PB, and I'm just like, right, hang on a minute. We still haven't got a market that has adjusted to those players who have come in already. Making it tiered BB is going to completely change the game. Like you'll probably see players like. Um, I don't know, like the Messi's and Neymar's who have come second and third loads go up just because they now have triple the chance of returning dividends, even though it's not as much as the like star player. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point, actually. It, it would be interesting to see what would happen because, as you say, they'd have more chance of winning maybe, but then at the same time, their dividend would be cut by maybe a third. So, Because I, th- I remember the day that Messi... Um, Messi shot up when they announced doubling the the you know the dividend, yeah. and he went up like because I still regret I got in I think it was at six pound or something at that point and I was like right I'll buy one hundred more and he can't go up much more and then the next minute it was like eight pound I was like oh damn you know why didn't I just pile in but <laughs> it would be interesting yeah to see what would happen actually if they did that but no I I agree that I'm happy the way it is you know if he if he comes second it's a shame but um. You know, the win is the win, and I think those big dividends are, are what's making it so interesting sure. when you it, can pick that up, you know, with players that are so so low in price, really. I think yeah, that's the what's making it at the moment. Sorry, sorry, what were you saying, mate? No, I was just saying, like like you said, that I think the fact that you can pick them up at such low price and, and win that kind of dividend is uh, what's making so many of those players that, like David Silva, around the one pound mark that have got these good baselines and everything that's making them so attractive, really, at the minute. Yeah, definitely. I echo that. I mean, what tiered BB would also do, it would probably encourage people to hold. And when you think about these things or things that you might want implemented, you always have to think about it from Football Index's perspective as well. Why would Football Index, like, you know, tier VPB payouts and encourage holding? Because that's probably what it would do, right? Like, do you agree with that? Would encourage people to hold players? Yeah, I think so. Because you'd have, like you said, you'd have more of a chance maybe of winning. You'd be getting more regular dividends possibly, but they'd just be smaller. So yeah, maybe you could just sit then on on a portfolio of the same. But yeah, definitely they wouldn't want to to encourage that. I mean, you, you look back at the beginning of when the index started and that's what a lot of people did. And now yeah. they have, like you said, they've kind of, not pushed it out, but they, they've made it so it, it's more liquid. You, you're more likely to sell and, and rebuy and, and things like that. So, yeah, I, I definitely don't think that would be something that would be that beneficial to them or, or really to us. You know, I think the way it is now, like you said, once the market sort of corrects and gets into a state that it understands really fully what's going on and who's going to win, not that that's ever really that possible, but, you know, I think then we'll kind of can reassess it again and look at it again, really. Yeah, definitely. I mean, 
one thing I do think this big payout has allowed people to do is to be a bit more patient with like cheaper players. So like David Silver, like if you held and not, you know, taken profits at certain points, you've now been rewarded for that. Same with a load of other players that have won, like Serge Aurier's 68p. What you can then do, you don't even have to rely on the capital appreciation. You can just buy like 65p, say. You get that big 12p payout, and then you just sell him, and you've basically made that 12p uh, increase, which would have been like a, a near 20% increase in terms of capital, capital appreciation. Sorry. So there's that aspect of it as well. It is slightly more attractive to hold those cheaper players. Yeah, definitely. I agree. I mean, I don't know how many players you're holding since IPO. I mean, I've, I've not got that many, to be honest. I wasn't that, uh, I wasn't around very much to be able to pick them up. But I mean, I was looking at, at the stats from the PB winners that we've had uh, so far. And I mean, up to the 7th, I think it's the 7th of December that I did it. And there was, eight, I think, 80% of defenders had been IPO'd that had won, um, that had won the buzz, the performance buzz something like 50% of midfielders and 60% of uh, forwards had all been IPOs. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. you're holding them for, I mean, some of the IPOs were a little bit expensive, but, you know, you're holding those players from one pound or whatever, you, you're getting such a big return to start with. I mean, it's pretty impressive. Yeah. I mean, some of the prices were absurd, but with the dividend payout, some people have still become attracted to those players. Fair enough. I mean, like if you play, if you buy a player for a pound, they return twelve pence, maybe four times over a season. That's nearly fifty percent returns. You really cannot complain with that. But I mean, it really is an interesting time, as as we've just discussed. Like, I truly don't think that people realize how transitional this period is. That's why they're kind of worried about it. The market still has not adjusted, right? And football index actually tends to adjust like really slowly. I remember when they increased the or altered the scoring algorithm to increase goals from twenty to forty, or the the scoring matrix. Sorry. Yeah. The strikers didn't rise for so long, and I always found that really strange because I just thought, right, like people are going to see that those goal points have doubled they must start buying strikers at some point. And I just kept accumulating strikers. And then eventually there was that big trend where just strikers rose. Yeah. And I was quite lucky with that. But sometimes you do have to bide your time. And I know a lot of people who have been holding like Lewandowski for a long time and they were rewarded last night. So congrats to you guys. But, you know, if you do think that the market does still have that like transition to make and you are holding players for that transition for when you can benefit during that transition, then fair play. You can use your patience to your advantage if you're patient enough. Yeah, definitely. Like you say, I agree with that. I think there's, uh, I mean, there's a lot of ways of, of doing it and going around it. But yeah, that's that's one thing that I think a lot of people are doing and holding on to those cheaper players. And for the long term, I mean, it's getting it right between holding long and, and flipping and, you know, playing short the short game kind of thing i think it's quite difficult but if you can manage a balance then there's definitely room to to diversify i think like that i mean i've got a few that not even anything to do with performance i've been holding since just after summer like transfer i mean one of them would have to be i've just seen him come up now so much just bought him that's why it's just come to my, <laughs> my mind really but thomas lamar i mean i've been yeah. holding him since he was like one pound 20 after the deal didn't go through at the end of uh at the end of summer, and then now he's up. I saw the other day he's up to two pound ten. I mean, that's 
yeah. and he's not really done anything you know the no, people are buying for the rumor i'm guessing i've not even kept track to be honest of of what's going on i think something about chelsea <laughs> trying to hijack arsenal or something like that and yeah i think it was something to do with um like them wanting to send Bastiassi on loan or Bastiassi, I don't know how you pronounce it. I don't think anyone knows. Uh, <laughs> trying to take him out on loan to Monaco and get Lamar the other way for some extortionate fee. Probably that's what Monaco do. But yeah, no, I think, as you said, there, there are a lot of ways to do it. But um, I'm actually going to move us on to a little, you know, a, a little Twitter Twitter period of the show, which I tried last last episode and I thought it worked quite well but first I, I see that you've got some polls here Liam but before we get into that you started tweeting about football index on your original like personal account before you made this football index one were yeah. you getting a lot of hate from your friends from posting so much about football index is that why you had to make another account <laughs> um not quite not to my face anyway um so no one really said anything but i kind of felt like you know i was that guy that kept barking about this thing that nobody's heard of yeah and i just thought you know i'm probably gonna do some people's head in like no one's really gonna be bothered and then i think at that time to be honest there wasn't very many football index twitter accounts i mean now i think anyone that's made a 10 pound deposit has got a football index twitter (laughs) account but it's um i mean it's good to be honest because I, I enjoy you like that's one of the best things i think it's, about I think it's good and thing. bad to be fair i think it's good yeah. and bad it's good because it it widens the widens the community strengthens it but it's bad because people who don't have football index twitter accounts are going to follow these accounts thinking yeah. that they are going to give them the elite advice just because they've got football index in their names yeah so exactly. my advice to anyone who's listening and who's following football index accounts follow them and look at their kind of, you know, look look at their past tweets, look at what their opinions have been and see how right they've been in their predictions. And then maybe follow their advice, you know, chat to them as well, build a rapport and see what kind of person they are. Yeah, I mean, there's lots of them, like you said, that are out there and uh, they just, they pop up within 10 minutes of looking at Football Index, like they've got an opinion on everything and stuff. And like you said, it's not that's the kind of thing that does damage it, but... At the same time, you know, there is accounts like, like us, like the other ones. There's a lot out there. They're very open to, to chatting and trying to help people out. Because like I said earlier, really, it's ultimately going to help uh, help us out as well in, in building up the index, really. Um, so, yeah, I think for me, though, that was the reason that I, I made the account was to try and get more into the, the football index community sort of thing. And I knew at that point that, I was going to start producing the stats and stuff. And I thought, well, if I'm annoying people already with uh, with this kind of stuff on my normal Twitter, then I'm definitely going to annoy them when I start putting stats out that no one's bothered about. So I thought, <laughs> well, we'll start up the new account. And, and it was good, actually. I think that was the time that I started chatting to like the rest of you know the usual people that you see, like Ross and, and Mark and stuff. And, and then obviously we came into the, the group chat and stuff. So... Yeah, that, it, it was a good move. I'm glad I did it. Um, I don't know. I think most of the people on my other Twitter were probably glad I did it as well, but they never <laughs> really said anything. <laughs> you've, you've, you've got your mates back now after they were bitching. Yeah. Your, your, your back. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, like, there's just so many group chats now in, uh, on, on Twitter. I mean, um, a lot of people have tried to add me into their group chats on, on the, you know, on my account. And I've just kind of been like, I'm really sorry. I'm just in so many already. And yeah. that's not to mention all the people that message me. I get like at least three people message me a day. And I like do enjoy 
replying to them when I'm, you know, on the commute, on my commute, on the toilet. I often say that's a good time to to check up on these things. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, like, you know, I, I have a good time. Like, as, as I said, the best way to learn something is by teaching it to someone else to an extent. But we'll move on to these polls, actually, Liam, because I'm quite interested in them. And uh, I don't know, do you want to, do you have them handy? Do you want to read them out? But I've got them out on, up on screen now. I can kind of read them out, read the results, and you can kind of tell me what you what your thought process was when tweeting it and what your thoughts are about them. How does that sound? Yeah, so we're uh, we're looking at the ones a couple of hours ago. Those, those kind of ones on profit. Is that the one yeah, you're talking yeah, about? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So we've um, got the first one is, do you think it's easier to make profit now than it was around two months ago? pre-IPO, post-performance buzz, emphasis on the word profit, that doesn't just mean dividends. So we've got 40% yes and 60% no, about 50 votes there. So reasonable reasonable data collected there. What what were your thoughts when uh, tweeting this one and what are your thoughts from the results? Um, I mean, I was, I was not surprised, to be honest, because I think, like you were saying, there's a lot of not a lot of negative thought, but there's a lot of people that think now oh, it's so difficult to win dividends that this isn't as profitable as it used to be. And I think one thing that people kind of forget is that, yes, it was very profitable at the start, but it was like insanely unprofitable at the start. Like that is not going to sustain forever. You know, you can't mm-hmm. be, I, I would love to know how many people were on the index when I first started, you know, you were only it was one versus a thousand or something. <laughs> yeah, like it exactly. wasn't that, kind of hard when everyone's growing at an, like an exponential kind of rate that yeah you're gonna get those kind of growth but with, with this first one though yeah I was I was kind of expecting it because the first thing people put you know they think about is the dividends which is why I said put the emphasis on the word profit because there's more ways to make money than just dividends mm, um sure but yeah I'm, I'm kind of not that surprised about it I would have said in fact I did vote on my other account I'm not gonna lie about that um, but I did say yes. Um, I thought it was more profitable. Now, if you've got the time for it, at least, I think if you can sit down and you can pick out an IPO or you can look at the fixtures, I think there's a lot more room to be rewarded for your time now than there was previously. Yeah, potentially. I mean, uh, on the time front, I mean, I think even if you get on live score again, you're if you're on the toilet, you've got a spare minute, you're on your phone, get on live score and you look at the fixtures and you you can see like you can kind of the longer you look at those fixtures you can kind of gather an idea of who's going to be up there tonight in in the performance buzz rankings and then there's going to be some surprises as there always is but i yeah i don't know the the time argument is a strange one for me because sometimes with my work i felt yeah like i haven't looked at football index in ages but i don't think that's actually altered my strategy at all i don't think that's um change the way i trade in any way i i just think i've just done what i didn't was doing before just like buying low selling high looking and logging at my um profit charts and tables and making sure i don't you know over trade or you know overhold sometimes um but you know you have to be disciplined as well when you are feeling really comfortable on the index that's sometimes when it does bite you and that's what i've realized for myself sometimes i'm like i'm flying i've made like grand this month or x amount of money this week x amount of money this month you get really comfortable and then you just don't go with the market in time basically for the next cycle to start and it's a really really vicious market sometimes because 
the cycles are so short that if you're not quick enough and if you're not timely enough, you're going to lose out. Yeah, definitely. I would agree with that. I mean, there's a lot of time that, especially again, I think it, it does sometimes fall on people that have been on the index a long time when you own somebody and you've got them at, you know, one pound or you've got them at 50 P from 2016 or whatever. <laughs> and you see them hit such a high price and then you think, Oh, this is great. And then they fall 20, 30 P and it doesn't really bother you because you've still got a nice, you know, four pound in the green kind of thing yeah. for a share. And you're thinking, well, you know, I'll just hold it because it's at 50 P. I mean, that's, you know, it's still, if you'd have bought it, you have to just think, well, if I'd have bought it at, the price it was at yesterday i'd be down like 60 pound you know i'm down this much or whatever you know so yeah i think that's something that is quite easy to become comfortable with though and especially now when you've got a lot of players in your portfolio sometimes it's quite difficult to see if you're just scanning and you're just still seeing green you've not noticed that so-and-so has fallen you know 30 pence or whatever over the last week and it can get quite difficult so yeah i think disciplined and keeping track is definitely uh, something that needs to be done precisely mate i think um search functionality for for portfolios needs to be something they implement or you know increase functionality really i know yeah. uh, jay that was on here he's got like 160 players or whatever. like yeah. how the hell does he eat? i've got about 30 how many how many players are you holding now um i will have a look i mean to be honest i'm currently running kind of like two accounts so i've got mine and my stepdad's which has also got some of my money in so they both like yeah <laughs> uh, between the two, I think we're looking at probably about 40, I think. Yeah, um, yeah, see. I mean, I've got 30, you've got 40. Jay's got 160, so he's got more than <laughs> double ours put together. Like, how is he coping, like, like searching through those players? It must be really annoying for him. And I know he's emailed Football Index multiple times trying to get them to sort out this search functionality, but it hasn't happened. So I think I'd be more... like from a from a user perspective i'd be more frustrated at the actual like the the fluidity of the platform rather than the actual market at the moment that's just my opinion but we'll um you know we'll move on from that because we go all day uh yeah. we'll move on to your second poll so we've got do you think it's easier to make profit now than it was six months ago brackets pre-performance buzz post triple media buzz question mark and this one was voted by more people strangely even though it was like down the feed yeah <laughs> uh 56 said yes and 44 percent said no about 80 votes so uh again reasonable amount of data there what were your thoughts about this one yeah i wasn't sure which uh which way this one would go actually because i know a lot of people are a big fan of, of um the triple media buzz i mean I know we still kind of have it, but now with so many IPOs, it's not very often that you get those those days. Yeah. Is it? I think there's like one a month, maybe if that. Um, so I think a lot of people enjoyed summer as well. So I thought that would be up there, obviously, unless you were. But again, someone and missed it. But a lot of people didn't enjoy summer, though. That's the yeah. Thing. That was like, yeah. I was just gonna say that actually. Yeah. So yeah, I, I don't know. I think for me, again, I think it probably is in a better place than it was then. Uh, at that time, a lot of the money. Even though a lot of people were making a lot of money, it was very concentrated to a few players, I think. Now it's spread out a little bit more. But, I mean, I'm going to say yes to pretty much every question, I think, because, I, I like I say, I'm quite happy with the way the market is at the minute. But I, I was expecting that one to be close. I didn't think um, I could have called which way it's gone. Um, yeah, if, if I had to vote, I would have been like a... I don't really know on this one. Like, it was good with Triple Media Buzz. You could, yeah, obviously you could hold some more players, but also you could 
any players that were in the you know in the news because of transfers you could obviously like make money off that speculation but now you can also make money off players having an easy fixture so kind of speculating that they're going to do well in that game so it kind of goes hand in hand really there's pros and cons to both in my opinion i i'm kind of like indifferent about that one i think it's about the same like i i just think it's like if you've kind of transitioned your portfolio appropriately like it's about the same in my opinion for that one but we'll move on to the third question and that was do you think it's easier to make profit now than it was one year ago pre just about everything 5p media buzz only but arguably more growth slash cheaper prices and now i mean you say more growth but we've had like some massive rises especially in the average price of players and this was even before the ipos came in i remember you had like a a nice chart that kind of logged the average prices of players is that like obviously we're talking like right in the beginning there was those massive rises but like say from like june 2016 have some of those rises actually got bigger towards you know mid 2017 rather than like at the beginning of that cycle yeah that's true actually i think what i was going for with that was the fact that it was there was more probably concentrated rises so if you had more of one player you know we had a big rise if you held someone back then so now like you look at Messi, it was like one pound or whatever yeah um you probably made a lot over that period um (laughs) but what's good i mean is the the result of that was the one i expected to be the easiest to be fair it was 70 percent. was it i think looking at now uh 70 percent said it's easier to make money now uh, which i would agree with i mean the media buzz was obviously only five piece and the dividends now it's crazy really looking at, at that i mean you look at what price latan was when he was six pound at the top of the market when he was Jeez, trying to win five p yeah yeah like I mean, he was an absolute monster though he was winning oh he, he was incredible yeah <laughs> yeah it was like what like one pound 50 or 60 uh, expected returns in a year which was obviously like crazy amounts of money yeah, for us when but there I was mean, only that payout definitely but i mean you look at neymar for november and he produced 62 pence in dividend and it's like That's he's crazy. only a pound more than, than yeah. you know than he was then so like yeah. it is that de- no i agree definitely that you know he was a monster and he was like everybody's favorite player especially those I mean, that had him that from way. the beginning that way when you put it but that yeah way, like when i saw that i was like 62 pence in a month and i mean he did go up a little bit this month you know but still yeah. i thought he that did. was incredible yeah that, that those are some stunning returns i think um I had actually like a a few comments in a thread which were talking about um, the spread on top players. I wanted to get your opinion on this one. And I'm, again, I'm indifferent about this one. One, I think the spread should be reduced so you can like trade in and out of players no matter what price they are. It shouldn't be easier to buy and sell the top players and the lower players. And also equally, the players at the top of the pile shouldn't have more protection on them than those at the bottom. But there is that factor from Football Index uh, perspective, sorry, and not mine, that if they did reduce those, you know, those uh, margins, then a lot of people would get burnt quite badly because you remember when a player goes, say, to £9.21, say Messi, right? Yeah, exactly. someone had to buy at nine pounds twenty for him to go to nine pounds twenty-one. So think about that. Someone bought at nine pounds twenty. Someone bought him at that price. 
He's now gone back down to £7.65 with an incredibly large spread. And that's people instant selling. I can't imagine how much commission Football Index have made from that. But yeah. what price would he be if that, you know, if that margin was was shorter? Yeah, exactly. It's hindsight, isn't it? You don't really know. It, it, it's, 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 it's one, I'm the same, I think. I'd be indifferent to it. I mean, at the, the the concept and the idea of, oh, there's less spread so that when you want to get out of a player, you can do it quickly and it doesn't cost you as much. Yeah, it would be good and it would probably um, incre- increase the liquidity kind of thing. But at the same time, as you said, I mean, we've seen some big falls already and, and at those times, people don't really care about the spread. So, I mean, if you put in the spread at, at just 10 pence or 15 pence, I mean, it would probably be even worse. So it is, I think it does protect investment a little bit more. Like you said, someone's bought at £9.20, if all of a sudden everyone changes their mind and Messi's somehow gone out of fashion and now they just they can get rid of him and it's not going to cost them a lot, mm. then that person is probably going to get hurt quite badly. But yeah, it's a, it's a difficult one, actually, I think. It's a good point. That would probably be a good poll as well to see what people think. Um, that, is, that is definitely poll material right there because that is... yeah. I always, I always think the best polls that you can throw out on Twitter, if you are listening and you do like throwing a poll out, I think the ones that aren't as obvious, the ones that actually get you thinking, like, is that actually the best thing to do? Like, because as as we were talking about your second poll about um about whether it was easier with triple buzz or performance buzz, I, I, I'm indifferent. I don't really have a certain answer. I'm probably like a few percent each way, and that's kind of those are the best polls because they they strike up conversation. They make people think a bit more about um, your poll and, you know, you get a lot more interaction. So kind of a, a tip there. Obviously, you've done loads of polls, probably more than me in your time. So you can have your, your say on that. Yeah, I would agree, though. Definitely. I think it's, it's at the end of the day, the whole thing is opinion based. You know, people buy exactly. based on their own opinion and sell based on their own opinion of what someone's going to do. So to get everybody else's opinion is always good. Um, I think one poll that, I think we've probably all done one at some point, but is is sometimes a little bit pointless. Is where you're asking, you know, who do you prefer or who's a better investment? Because nine times out of ten, they're just going to put who they own the most of or whatever, and exactly. it's quite hard to get. You know, I wouldn't base my decisions off those kind of polls, so it's quite difficult that way. But yeah, definitely, if you can get a, a debate going or something, you're generally like you see both sides of, and you want to see what other people think. Then, yeah, they're definitely good ways, especially when you've got so many like we were saying so many index accounts now um and i know football index actually they're quite active themselves they'll sometimes retweet yeah, the kind of yeah. stuff and you get a bit more coverage so yeah definitely i would i would say that they're a good idea yeah so i'm just gonna take us over to that little you know period that i was talking about or that little point in the show where i go through five tweets and i and we kind of discuss them the first one comes from at dave Davey Wyatt, and he says, my portfolio is mainly media-driven, full stop. Triple media day and not looking like I will get anything. Unsmiley face. Not sure, but it isn't hashtag, but isn't it hashtag football index etiquette to throw toys out of pram now and shout how unfair it is? And then a few, like, laughing, uh, crying faces. Quite a funny one from Dave there, yeah. I mean, <laughs> as soon as people see red, they usually get quite unhappy. Uh, that's yeah. just, you know, impatience and like that horrible feeling. But like, oh my God, like I'm, I've lost X amount of money. And it's just, you know, not a nice feeling. But when you learn to ride that out, you're going to you're gonna get better on this platform and you're going to eventually make more money. 
Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, a point on media buzz, actually, I think it has become a lot easier. In fact, that was part of the stats I was looking at um, on the IPO point that now we've got so many of these media players in the top 200 that a lot of the others are like, you know, they're obsolete in terms of trying to win the media. So the the pool of players that are going to win it has has shrunk quite a lot. And we can see from, from last month, I think, between Neymar, Pogba and Ronaldo, they won 40% of the media buzz last month. Like, to get 40% from that time is quite incredible, you know, just from three players. And then Neymar and his own 16%. So, like, I would be interested, though, to see who he holds in terms of calling media buzz now because, like yeah. I said, those players maybe would be in there. I can see, I think Ronaldo's third or something at the minute. But, but yeah, it's definitely not as easy, I don't think, to hold... Well, it is easier to hold for media buzz now but at the same time it's weird how it's a very different set of players than it was last year i think yeah definitely i mean we used to have the Roonies, the the debras but not now it's completely different right messi used to win no media buzz and now he 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 does all right probably because neymar's left but yeah that that's definitely an interesting one but we'll move over to the the next one and this is by (laughs) guy called Koppel's Magic Hat, so he's clearly a Reading fan, Steve Koppel. Wondering whether it's time to cut losses on Lacazette. 19p down on my purchase price. Hashtag Football Index. And the reason I've chosen this one is, like, you know, I'm kind of well known by now by not saying, like, you should buy X player or you should buy Y player, you should sell X player, you should sell Y player. The reason I wanted to bring this up is if Lacazette wins one top player, that is around about what you'd win on like how much down couple's magic hat is if that makes sense so he's 19p down on his purchase price if he won one top player say he got a couple goals or a hat trick then that's you know your loss made up and that's the beauty of um performance buzz at the moment yeah definitely i agree with that i mean it's the same, isn't it? Like, as we were talking about earlier, the, you get that dividend in and all of a sudden the price goes up again and you're in a, a lot better situation. But on the other hand, if it doesn't, maybe he'll keep going um, down. I mean, I'm the same as you, actually. I don't. It's not often I'll put on Twitter to, to say I'll buy this player or buy that player. I prefer, like you said, just to put the stats out and let people decide for themselves kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I can't think off the top of my head. I don't remember him winning much really at the minute in terms of either media or he had um, the one he had the one performance buzz when it was like a monday night football um oh okay yeah where he scored a couple of goals i don't know if it was brighton at home being an arsenal oh, okay, fan i yeah. really should know um yeah. <laughs> but um yeah i think he scored like 220 points i don't own him anymore i used to but um i actually sold when he when he had that injury scare i was, I was quite scared as to how um how serious it was <laughs> yeah. but um yeah, I mean, what I would say about that as well is that as an Arsenal fan, obviously, like I know quite a lot about Arsenal as I should do as a fan, but we've actually got lots of players who could probably leave the club. And at the moment, it just looks like it could just be Lacazette and a few others by the time it comes to summer. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, he might be one to keep a hold of. He's obviously a you know quite clinical goal scorer as well. So they might have their their day especially if Sanchez and Ozil leaves who knows he's he could be the main man or whatever but also yeah like we've got so many players who are, who are out of contract next summer so you know and you know Giroud seems to be unhappy if he goes then Lacazette's the main main man if Sanchez goes then he, and Ozil goes he's probably our best player so 
there's that's that's the beauty of the index though there's just so many variables that can sway your decision one way or the other yeah definitely i mean the other two things i probably put onto that as well is the fact that they're not trying to rub it in but with you being in the europa <laughs> league like we were last season you have the option that the games are normally on sundays which you know you got less supposedly less competition and then obviously the thursday night europa league so as long as they if he does eventually bring those in anyway he's not been playing very many yeah. big players has he but you know, maybe you might, Wenger might start doing that as we get further on. I don't know what he said on that. You probably know more than me. But um, the only other thing, though, is that the fact that he keeps bringing him off after 70 minutes. Yeah. So there is a lot to consider with that yeah, investment, actually. So but I would probably say that for me, if if I needed that money, so if I have a smallish portfolio and there's somewhere else I could put it, then I would probably be looking at maybe not getting out straight away, but not leaving it much longer. But then if, you know, if, you, if you've got thousands kind of thing in it and yeah. it's not going to bother you, you know, you, there's not much opportunity cost of you keeping it there, then then I would maybe let it ride out, like you said, and you get one win and all of a sudden you're back on the up. So yeah, I think you might take on it. Yeah, yeah. I think that's, I echo basically everything you've just said as well. But one last, last thing on that one is if you are well spread, you've got like 30, 40 players in your portfolio, then maybe his drop doesn't actually affect you that much in a weird way. And you can kind of wait for the next cycle and next kind of cycle he has in his price action, wait for that spike, and then you can get out. Uh, yeah, as you said, like if you need the capital, you know, you, you can sell anyone. Anyone's anyone's <laughs> dispensable, aren't they, if you need the money? Um, True, yeah. But we'll, we'll move on to the next one. And this is from uh, RC, as we, we, we know him quite well. Yeah. December 2016, max daily payout per future was five pence. December 2017, max daily payout per future was 23 pence. If you're struggling to make profit, perhaps consider it's not the platform's fault, but rather your own. The platform isn't what it was in December 2016. It's better. And I agree with that. I actually, first comment on there, got in quite early. I said, staggering how far Football Index has come, and it's incredible how quickly this Twitter community has grown. Here's to a sick 2018 on the index, uh, you know used a bit of profanity there that i won't repeat uh but yeah what i will say about this one is uh kind of like it you know it's it's a really relatable tweet because i've had a lot of people who weren't around when it was you know 5p payouts and have joined quite recently and they they expect the world really like they expect to to make a cracking amount of profit straight away especially if you follow people like rc who have been there since the very start and you know in his bio says twenty thousand pounds profit i'm kind of the same i've made like just as much or around about the same as him like you've obviously made quite a lot of money a lot of people that i've had on here like jay and annie the, the two trader of the month guys they've made you know 30 odd grand or whatever profit as well so there are those people who have made a cracking amount but we didn't make it like in a minute we didn't make it in a heartbeat and we didn't make we sure didn't make it like in the first week that we started you need to learn you need that experience to make yourself a better trader and a better investor on football index and kind of just a better investor in general like it teaches you a lot of things like when you when you enter a market that you've never entered before like you have to learn so quickly and um yeah but when you do learn it's you know it it can be very easy to make money. I'd have to agree with that. Yeah. I mean, I think I was on there. I don't think I said anything, but I, I definitely liked that, what he was saying, because, <laughs> you know, it was, it was very relatable. As you said, I mean, we, I think a lot of people will think it, a lot of people that have been around for a while will think it. And 
you know, yeah, it is the ones that have made the money maybe that think it, but still that kind of shows that if we made X amount of thousand over the last year, but we're still saying that it's better now, then that kind of shows some kind of confidence maybe exactly. in it. And that we're the, not the old head of it. I mean, look at what we're in as twenties, but you know, we've, we've had that kind of experience where we know what, what's gone on and how it's improved and how it's growing. And sometimes like you say, you're a new investor, you come in and, you lose a few pound or if you've gone in big or whatever, you lose a little bit, your head can go a bit and you think, oh, this is terrible, you know, whatever. There was a guy who was arguing, not arguing with me on Twitter, really. I didn't really get involved in it, to be honest. But, you know, he was saying the other day that it was all fake and stuff. And Oh, yeah, was... I did see that, which yeah, actually moves on. You know what? Keep keep it keep it under wraps for a minute because that, that's my last tweet. It's actually oh, your really? tweet. really? Okay. It's, uh, <laughs> Fair enough. Stood, stood watching PSG. Tickets were put, purchased using Football Index profit withdrawals. And after checking at half time, I'm almost certainly in for some dividends tonight. Money working for me whilst I enjoy myself. If that's not an advert for Football Index, I don't know what is. Great tweet. Quality. Got a lot of reaction. I liked it. It was great. I've got a mate who bought a MacBook Pro using Football Index money. And I've got the same friend who actually used some football index money to to fund like his car like you know this is actually people's lives to an extent like people have made like some crazy amounts of money on here um i mean he didn't purchase a whole car like he's paying it monthly you know but i think he had to pay some sort of upfront fee that he used football index money for but yeah walk me through this so psg how did that come around and uh why did you go and watch them um i mean it was actually just um I was thinking about it for a while after when I was away in the summer and I went to watch uh, AC Milan. I just got this thing for the the European football. You know, it's very different, obviously, to over here. They are, I think they've got a lot less regulation and stuff. It's, it's interesting <laughs> to see the atmospheres and stuff. And and PSG, it was just, it actually came up as a Black Friday deal. Not the ticket, but the um, the uh, hotel and everything. Oh, I got yeah. it really cheap. Nice. I actually took my dad uh, for Christmas. So oh, lovely. Early Christmas present in there getting a few brownie points like but there we go <laughs> so so yeah so that's what it came about from is just me wanting to go and get away kind of thing have a weekend off i just finished uni for the uh for the semester kind of thing so so it was a nice little break but i mean yeah when i checked at half time like it, it wasn't as if i'd really planned that tweet either it's not as if i thought oh i know what i'll do when i'm away i'll, I'll do this it was yeah. just that i literally we're stood there at half time, like you know, it's in football grounds, it's like impossible to get the internet, and then it oh, finally came on. And uh, I saw that I think it was Ronaldo was flying on top of the media buzz, and then he was up there for the performance as well. And I yeah. thought, oh, I'm actually in for uh, for a little bit here, so I was yeah. happy with that. And it turned out later on, I had the um, yeah, exactly, yeah, the tickets were paid for <laughs> by the time the game had even finished, so uh, lovely, so yeah, it, lovely. Was, it was great, yeah, it was um. But like you said, that that was the point as well, is that it really is, for a lot of us, it's like life-changing money. A lot of us are quite young, you know. We'd have never made this kind of money at this age from anything else, I don't think. I mean, yeah, it's quite it's quite incredible. I mean, like you say, I'm not trying to sell it in terms of, oh, yeah, join today and you'll be a millionaire by yeah. next weekend. You know, it's, it's not like that. But there is definitely, you know, there's still the room for growth. And as everyone always says, you know, there's always opportunities and that kind of stuff. So... So yeah, to just to, to show that really is what I was trying to get out there. I know they don't struggle for advertising; they've got a lot going on themselves. Yeah. But I think it always looks good as well when it comes from from you know someone that's on it. I mean, I know my uh, my bio is is a football index account and everything, but you know it's it's a 
I'm a real person, as that guy that was arguing me apparently didn't well, believe. Let me, let me let me stop you just there. Like, <laughs> let, let me let me just go to this guy um, who, uh, ah, if only it was real boys. No real people get retweeted. This is a guy who has had football index in his game. It's all a game, which I found really confusing. And obviously, this guy had like. <laughs> Like, it was just a stupid tweet. Like, it was really incoherent. Like, I really wasn't understanding what he was trying to say. But what, I immediate, what immediately sprung to mind for me was, right, so we've got these, like, betting tipsters who sometimes go under a persona. I had um, £2 pun on the other day, and obviously, like, his name's Elliot, and that's what I used. I used his actual name. He's a real person on, yeah. on the last episode. But he has this £2 pun persona and that that's because he wanted to build a brand and then you've got all these fancy football accounts who don't use their own name they've got like like fpl or something and it's the same thing like people want to build these football index dedicated accounts why because all they want to speak about is football index and i don't really see much wrong with that and like all the people are real behind them none of us are like working for football index it's it was a really strange thing for me to read <laughs> yeah definitely I, it took me i had to read it a few times to work out what he was trying to trying to say you know like it's not real is it i was just like what do you mean i'm not real like i thought he'd missed like a tablet or something to be honest i thought this guy's like crazy what is he talking about but yeah it was weird to see and just to to read but it's a shame as well you know because i think i didn't really get involved in it. i think the only thing i eventually put because a lot of people you know jumped on it and said you know what do you mean it's not real and the only thing I said, because he was trying to say that it's the same as betting, the the bookmaker always yeah, wins. And yeah, I think I the only point was... that I made was that actually, okay, yeah, they, they're a business and they want to make profit. But unlike normal betting companies, you know, they they don't have to rely on you losing for them to win. You know, you yeah. can kind of work, not work together, but in the sense that if I make more profit, I spend more money, I'm going to have to sell at some point, they make more commission. So it's not like they're relying on me and it's not as if it's binary that, I'm the platform and... the platform is like symbiotic to an extent like we can make money and they can make money at the same time which exactly is yeah a bit about it like you're not going to make money on every single trade if you make money on 80 percent of your trades that 20 percent that you've lost on or you've like yeah you've lost on has gone to another trader who's won on that on that trade if that makes sense exactly, again yeah. even so if we're all make... paying each other out really and they're just taking commission it's not yeah, exactly. the world's worst thing is it you know everything no, works out it's nicely a market it's a market and what markets are they are like the, the the like upper echelon they are the height of capitalism they take money from one person and take it to another whether that be from someone who's less experienced someone who's more experienced or someone who has less money someone who has more money this is like what a market is and what you want to do as like a new user when you get on it you want to just build that experience and build that money slowly because when you do get to that higher end of being like an experienced trader knowing what you're going to do then the market is going to start working in your favor so the more you know the market and the more you learn it if that makes sense the better you're going to do on it and i just couldn't understand what this guy was saying and i just really don't like when people who don't know about football index talk about it because they just don't know what they're talking about yeah exactly that's the thing you get a lot of people you know they don't believe it or whatever and it's just like you know, you can't as well. I, I'll, I'll happily sit and, and message somebody like yourself and, and try and explain them through it. But if they're going to be ignorant and ignore it and they're only interested in telling yeah. me how I'm not real or whatever, then <laughs> fair enough. Like, okay, you go enjoy your day and 
I'll carry on trading. But, you know, it is, like you said, you're not going to win everything. I'm not going to say I've won every single trade because I definitely haven't. But I think you compare it to a normal stock market and stuff and, and you're hitting a lot more probably. Well, I think most people will be hitting a lot more percentage in terms of profitable trades than you ever would in a real, you know, yeah. you're trading the FTSE or something like so. Yeah, for sure. You know what? I was actually oh, yeah. um, I was actually writing a blog for work today, or trying to attempting to, and um, twenty seventeen is basically the year volatility has died in the stock market. We've had more intraday like movements that have been less than one percent. So that means like less than one percent volatility. Yeah. Um, than we've ever had in every any other year. We had sixty four consecutive days where like the the volatility was or intraday was less than one percent so you know if you really want some like <laughs> small small gains that are going to go up like really slowly stock markets for you if you want to try your hand at something that's really volatile has big price spikes and you can make a killing on football indexes your game or like cryptocurrencies if you're a nutter whatever but um <laughs> you know what liam i think i've taken a lot of your time up mate I've, i think we're looking at like an hour plus now and i think uh people are gonna get like pissed off at me if they uh yeah if it's it, too long if it's too yeah, long i hope they've got long commutes um, yeah this yeah. is this end bit is not gonna get listened to <laughs> <laughs> well for, for those of you who have listened all the way through and i hope you have like i mean i was looking at some of the metrics the other day i hit three thousand downloads on this podcast podcast since 12th of november which is absolutely incredible like I, I couldn't have thought when i first asked liam he was one of the first people asked to come on this podcast so i never would have thought in a million years that a month later i've had i've had you know three thousand downloads it's crazy to think i mean one of the episodes hit like 850 downloads and i've only got like 1000 followers so that's also incredible so um yeah thanks for everyone who's been listening so far if you are looking for more you know football index related content subscribe to my channel follow me on twitter if you're not already and you know follow in the, uh follow footy index lm he, he can tell you your what's your at now liam um yeah that's exactly it yeah it's at football index lm or it's on the football index buzz but i think there's a few of them about now so, <laughs> so yeah um at football index lm would be the one to go for i think yeah definitely have a look through his um his uh articles as well they're, they're pretty informative well written clearly a very bright guy and he's got some cracking stats as well so thanks very much for listening everyone and i hope you have a lovely commute if you're listening to this on your commute if you're listening to this while cleaning the bathroom as one guy said said uh, i made it bearable <laughs> cheers mate that's Thank a you for compliment that. i think yeah, yeah it's massive great, yeah. Compliment there. <laughs> it was it was great i was like i read that and i was like you know what if i've you know helped one person out by doing this podcast fair enough you can sign off as well, Liam. Yeah, it's been great. So, yeah, thanks for having me. Um, like I say, we finally got around to doing it. At least we'd, uh, <laughs> we've made up for lost time, I think, with yeah. the, uh, the amount of time we've spent on here. And definitely, if there's anyone out there who wants to ask me any questions like they do with you, of course, um, I'm always open to the message on Twitter or anything like that. Uh, yeah. Feel free to get in touch. But, yeah, it's been great. Yeah, his DMs are most certainly open. Thanks, everyone, <laughs> for listening.